At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good early falling morning, <laughs> Roxy Soxy. And good late Los Angeles Afternoon <laughs> slash early evening, Tam Tam. Luscious Los Angeles. <laughs> luscious. Laffy. Luscious. luscious. Lux. Yeah. <laughs> Is it hot there right now? Um, it's finally summertime here. So yes, it's hot. Um, but it was actually hotter in the place I just was and also sticky and humid and like, you yeah. know, kind of like more of that summer vibe, I would say. But um, yeah. But yeah, it is getting warmer here in Los Angeles. Well, I've been hopnobbing with monkeys. I've been hopnobbing with <laughs> elephants. I have uh, pooped my pants out with Bali Belly. <laughs> I have. What else has happened? Oh, my goodness. I have to tell you the story. Then you tell your story. And then we're going to introduce our next guest. <laughs> but, um, so the villa that we're in is amazing, right? It's so great. We're splitting it between couples. I'm here for my birthday. And it's it's been going pretty well until it wasn't yesterday. So my husband is likes to do the washing and the drying of our clothes, which is great. Or girls, if you're listening, find someone who does all your clothes washing, <laughs> although it always comes back like a little, a little, a little, it feels always a little off and it's always a little small, but it's okay. It's at least he's doing oh, it has like a tinge of pink or something. It's like a different color. Yeah, they're all like a hue <laughs> of blue, but if you know what, at least I'm not having to do it. Um, so he like came up in like a flurry yesterday and he's like, our clothes are gone. I was like, what do you mean our clothes are gone? He's like, someone from the villa, because the villa has a staff, which is like very normal, typical for in Bali. When you hire a villa, they have someone who like cooks and someone who cleans and there's a nanny. It's like pretty awesome for people who like just want like a bit of a break. The one of the staff took the dryer without clothes in it. Oh, and you never they never returned it? It's like in maintenance somewhere and they don't oh. know where it is. So do you have like more clothes to wear or do you have to go shopping? Here's the thing. It's not really my clothes because Sean knows that I would be really mad if he was putting my shows in my clothes in the dryer because but female clothes like he wants to put my silks in the dryer. Like oh. no joke. Mm-mm. Um, so he knows that he does so it's all the kids' clothes and his clothes. So they have nothing to wear. And if I wasn't in Bali mood, I'd be so pissed off about it. I'd just be like, How is this happening? I need to have I need to write a complaint. But I'm just so chill right now. I'm like pooping my brains out and I feel very like I feel like I've gone on the and I feel like I'm honestly, I feel great, really. <laughs> you know, this Bali building not everyone didn't tell me how great you feel afterwards. Well, you maybe know? you pooped out all of what? your stress and anxiety. Oh, you know, I know. I was like, that was up there least for two months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's been great. It's really been great. How about you? Oh, <laughs> Tam Tam. Well, you know, what started out as like a very emotional but also wonderful trip quickly soured because we went to, um, unfortunately my father-in-law passed away. So we went to the East coast to, um, Cape Cod for his funeral 
and um, had a lovely time with family, you know, got to visit with everyone. He had a beautiful service. And then the last mm. few days of the trip uh, from uh, the rest of the week, we decided to go to Nantucket because some friends mm. were there. So we thought it'd be a nice way to kind of end the trip, you know, and it was beautiful. It was wonderful. Cut to the day we're leaving. We leave, you know, we had to wake up at the butt crack to get on the ferry to go mm. from the to Nantucket to the mainland. And why do we always book the butt crack, by the way? Like, why do we always book the butt crack? Always. I booked mine at 5 a.m. I was at the yeah. airport at 2.30. It's like, what I the mean, fuck? Like, why do I choose that? Yeah, we every put it time. on ourselves. Yeah, in some ways, you know, yeah. for sure. So we get to Nantucket. I mean, sorry. Do we get from uh, Nantucket on the boat to Cape Cod, drive the almost three hours because there was so much traffic to the Boston airport. Mm. We get to the airport, we check in, we get, we had like a lovely kind of, we went to the lounge and had, you know, mm-hmm. a little wine and relaxed and like did everything. We get on the flights and um, we start flying. We're about two hours out and the pilot comes on and says, I've got bad news. Pause. I'm like, Oh my God. What, what, what? He goes, the plane going down. I was like, you're already putting on your life jacket. Yes. I'm like, never start with that phrase when you're, when you're, we have bad news. It's like when they're cutting. Yeah. It's like cutting you open. We have bad news. It's like, not a a good thing. So he goes, we're going to have to turn the plane around and go back to Boston because the weather tracking system on the plane isn't working. And by the way, this was something we knew at departure. And I was like, right. Oh, really? You can't just ground it at the nearest airport, wherever we are, you know, like, right. So at least we've gone that far to not have to go back, you know, but no, right. we turned around, flew right back to Boston. And then we were told to get our bags off at the, at a certain carousel. We went down there, bags mm. weren't there. We went to the baggage agent who was less than pleasant. In fact, quite rude. Uh, another mm-hmm. girl, another uh, passenger was like in tears because she couldn't get her bag. It was just a lot of drama. Um, and then we got to the hotel, had to spend the night, had to pay for our dog sitter, of course, like extra days. And um, finally was able to get on a plane the following night at like 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So we were so late getting in here. We got here at 2 a.m. I haven't even got to tell you this, though. But our ride share. So we had a ride share take us to the airport from our hotel right. in Boston. We got sideswiped by an 18 wheeler on the way to the airports. What? Your energy is off, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I would I, not be booking nothing this week. <laughs> like, don't I, make new friends. Yeah. Don't do anything. Yeah, don't I'm leave like, your house. What? I am literally I like, what is happening? So then the ride share driver proceeds to try to chase the 18 wheeler down whilst we're in oh, a tunnel. In the tunnel. That's like that movie situation. Yes. No. Yes. And you never do that in America. No. Like in Bali, they'd like, they're so lovely. Like mm. all the doors we leave open is like not an issue, but you never do that in America. No, you don't know who has a gun or like who can be crazy, yeah. you know? Like, so he's yeah. trying to like get the, I mean, it was such a harrowing scene. We finally got to the airport. <laughs> we got to the airport. Finally. And I got a bag of peanuts. <laughs> like a bag of peanuts. A bag of damn peanuts. For all my they, drama. They they stuck us on the last row of the airplane, which the seats don't recline, don't recline. Yeah. And it was turbulent the entire flight (laughs) up and down sideways, up and down sideways. So we finally made it. And I, we got here at 2 AM and I was just like, oh my gosh, at least I tried to look on the silver, you know, at the silver lining. At least I'm here. Yeah. At least I'm here. At least I'm finally home. But 
Wow. And if you want to know yeah. what airline it was, you have to go to my Instagram at Red Carpet Roxy. Yeah. I'm like, you will get the full download. Yeah. Oh my exactly. God. We have so much. I have another oh even story that I'm, I'm not going to keep talking because I really want to talk to our next guest, but yeah. I found a hair in my food and I'm going to ask her what she would do if she found a long hair in her food because it was the same kind of story. It just went from one bad to worse. Like, I was like, what is happening? I mean- um, but Roxy, I, I love this girl. I've actually been following oh. her like silently for a little bit. I don't know if it's silently, but like, you know, like where you're like, oh, I'm such a fan. But like, mm. you know, she's just she also makes me feel bad about my content because her content is so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so I, I should be following her. You know, this her assets like, no, are I like feel good about myself. Like, I'm chef's like kiss. Oh, she's just effortlessly cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, I put this on. I'm like, I look like a garbage bag. And she's like, I just put on this shirt and it looks so great. And I'm like, why does mine not look so good? Like, why is this? And then she's like this mom and she's like, I know that she's obviously going through it too as a new mom, but like she looks like she's got her shit together. I did not have my shit together. I was like, they're like, I think you need to go on antidepressants, Tamin. Like, cause you're a mess. Like you can't get it together. And she's producing content while she has a new kid. I didn't even know which way was up. I was putting my phone in the fridge. I swear. Like, and I was inviting people to the wrong address. Like I was like, I left my car running when I was going to the yoga for like two hours. So yes, this, she's got her everything together so we need to talk about it because yes. i want to know how <laughs> i want to know who's helping her <laughs> because i don't understand it so roxy who do we have <laughs> well we are so excited to welcome as you said a new mom she's an amazing digital content creator her assets are like chef's kiss i've got like asset envy um i know she she just <laughs> and she's moved into a new house recently so she's been documenting that mm-hmm. like there's a lot of great stuff um, that she puts out. So it's really exciting she's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, too. she's been doing it yeah. for a really long time. So it's really exciting to welcome. And by the way, I also love her name. It's so cute. Lizzie. Thing. It is. So you cute. two are just so fun. I'm sitting here listening to your chats. I have a lot of input about the hair and the food. The planes, but seriously, just thank you guys for coming on. And just for the guests, I just want to say I stood these girls up by accident. Uh, what was it last week? We were supposed to record this podcast last week. And as you can see, I do not have my shit together. And I missed yeah, the but recording. You were so nice in your response. And we couldn't be mad. You know what I mean? Like no, my, my so advice bad. to people is like, go over the top with like how sorry you are. Because then like, yeah. then the person's an asshole. And they're like, no, I still don't like her. Yes. And have like a really good excuse. Like you had a good yeah, excuse, yeah. you know, so it made Did sense. I? I felt like, oh my gosh, my excuse is just that my shit is not together right now. And that my, <laughs> I did not set an alarm to remind myself of the podcast. <laughs> good enough you know what we had a we had a we had a single podcast roxy and i we did not know what we yeah. were talking about we ended up talking about aliens and we didn't know where that was going so <laughs> we apologize to everyone who listened to the podcast before this one <laughs> but sometimes tam tam i feel like we just go off the cuff like that some of those are our best ones because it's like we're just spur of the moment you know and by the way i love it when you call me tam tam it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside so please continue Tom-tom. okay lucy okay i want to ask you a story i want to ask both of you this story okay? okay and what you would do in the moment okay. okay so i was at a restaurant and i we waited for the food it was in australia i'm not going to call mm-hmm. the restaurant out because i don't want their them to lose business because of me but you should never go to this restaurant. It's on the corner of, no, it's not. Um, so the, the, I'm not going to say the name, but I'm going to tell you exactly the location. I'm going to pin drop it. Um, but it's this restaurant. We waited for an hour to get our food. We're really mm-hmm. hangry by the time we have two kids, Lucy. So one's four. You're in the sort of the hell of like just 
keeping your kids safe. But when they get older, they have opinions and uh, and like they're it just exhausting people. And I love my kids. One's <laughs> nine, one's four. But like, oh, my goodness. So they're whinging about their food. <clears throat> so the food comes finally. And when I get my food, there is a hair, a black hair. You can tell I don't have black hair. This, this Honestly, the size of as long as my hair, just a black hair right intertwined within the food. <gasps> Oh boy. So we said to them, there's a, there's a hair in the food. Please take the, the food back. They took the food back. And then they came to me and said, no one in our kitchen has a black hair. And then looked at me like I put the hair you planted it in the, I plant, I was the <laughs> hair planter. So would you have just like dealt with it because you're a nice person, just ate the food with the hair. Would you have said something like what, like in a situation like that, what do you do? I absolutely would not have eaten the food with the hair. And I, probably would have done the exact same thing that you did and listen if they came to me and said nobody in our kitchen has a black hair it's not intentionally like you are blaming somebody in their kitchen but their food system mm. somehow got the hair into your food if it didn't get there in your from your head then it must have gotten in there whether that means they bought i don't know what you were eating what were you eating a, what were you eating a <laughs> what was the nose. hair in <laughs> what are you eating are you gonna judge my food choice no 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 i will not i will not it was a piece of salmon it was a piece of okay salmon. so maybe someone from the fish market had a black hair and then they <gasps> purchased the salmon with said right. hair already on it in which case as the restaurant it is your responsibility to either rinse your food before you give it, it to your clients right. or at least double check the plate visually before it goes out and if right. I, I don't think you know, I don't, I don't know how you worded it. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that you were kind and that you just said, oh. I won't take this. <laughs> I will not have this shit, but I don't know. I, I guess there's a way to say, you know, I would have sent it back and said, I just need a new salmon. We don't need to talk about whose hair it is. I just need new salmon. Yeah. 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 I think that my germophobia would have massively kicked in because you know me tam you right. know i get like cuckoo about that shit i think mm -hmm. i definitely would have sent it back and i think i would have been a little offended you know because yeah. maybe but maybe there was like a bit of a communication like you know gap they speak australian <laughs> it's like <laughs> meaning they, they know they speak the same as american Australians oh. and americans are pretty similar oh, oh this was in <laughs> australia oh i didn't know if it was yeah. in bali or australia yeah Oh, it was in Australia. But Balinese people would never, I know that's a blanketed statement, but they would never, it's always, they're so kind. They're so, because uh, their religion is is based in like karma, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of um, Hindus believe of what you give is what you receive. So it's just it's so beautiful here. It's just the most incredible place to be. And, uh, but uh, yes, they would, they would never have said, they would have just said, sorry, yeah, they, three more salmons. So, okay. That as, I, like, as they would have done in America, I believe. I mean, I've never been right. to Australia. And I, so right. once again, not a blanket statement, but I think most restaurants would take it back. You know what? I usually mm. love every server that I have, every waiter, every waitress, but I have had some people with like attitude, actually a pretty famous one at a restaurant whose TV show we all watch. We went mm. in there. This was years ago. And um, she was waiting on us. And she just did not believe that I have food allergies. She didn't believe that I had food allergies. And she was so put out with the facts that yeah. she had to go check on things. And she's like, well, can't you just have this or that? You know? So I do think, right. you know, I think maybe, maybe there was a little bit of attitude in that, Tamman, like with what they were saying to you. 
But I don't know. I definitely think I would have sent it back and I would have been like, you know what? I'm paying for this. Like make, Mm. I need a fresh one. Like I need something that doesn't have hair in it. Mm. Agree. You know, right. I I also think that, you know, America's Mm -hmm. based in service. It's a service industry, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that service is really important. It's a tipping culture. A lot of these other cultures that, and, and places that I've been to recently, they don't, they don't even put the tip, you know, I, I put an Instagram video up recently about people don't tip in Australia. Do they tip mm-hmm. at a really restaurant 10% every now and then? Sure. But it's not even available to put on the bill. So like last night we had a dinner, it was like $200 between three couples mm-hmm. and there's, you just, you just pay it and walk out. There is no, there's no, there's no chance to like, you know, pay any extra. Like they don't even, we paid the driver an extra $7 and he almost freaked out. He just said like, oh my gosh, no, you paid me too much. No, no, no. Take your money back. Take your money back. We're like, no, 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 please. You've been so wonderful. I think it's just a cultural thing. And I think that if you don't, um, if your culture is about Mm -hmm. making money from your service, then you're going to give better service. Right. Mm -hmm. Some, I think some restaurants here in the U S are like experimenting with salaried, servers which is interesting mm-hmm. because because then maybe it's not like it's so stressful for them maybe you know with like trying mm-hmm. to get tips and things like that so it could be a good thing to maybe change well the what did they say that. what did they say when you said you know I, what did what did you say actually yeah. when they said this is not from our kitchen how did you respond listen i wasn't in the best friend of mine <laughs> i had two nagging children <laughs> i was hungry i wanted that salmon um, I, I can go both ways, Lucy. I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And, um, I was neither, but I was somewhere in the middle. I was just mm-hmm. like, excuse me, how can you think that this is something that I would do? Because I felt like they were insinuating that. Um, also you have, I really you have st- blonde hair, so that's proof right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here's my underarm hair. It's really long. <laughs> you should have shown them what's downstairs. I was like, my one pubic hair that's like really long is one. What about your children? What color hair do your children have? Blonde. And then my other one has like very curly, you know, black hair. But <gasps> we could have been linen's hair. It was linen the whole time. <laughs> but it's not long, is it? No, it's not long. And it's very curly. It looks like ringlets. So it'd be like right. this little, it would more look like a pubic hair, <laughs> which would make me very upset about the situation, even more so. Uh, well, you- I just have to, yeah. I just have to say, I'm sorry about the hair and the food because that's <laughs> it's disturbing. And I get, I get grossed out when my own hair is in the food. So I can't imagine just finding a long black hair. Oh, and yeah. did you eat it? You in didn't salmon. eat it. You sent it no, back. No, I got a new yes. one. Okay, good, good, one, yeah. good, good, good. Well, I'm glad that we figured out what you guys would do, but I, I do want to know more about Lucy, about her life and figuring out like how we can become as successful. Right, Roxy? Don't yeah, we become gosh, successful I know you're just killing the game. Mikey? Yes. You guys, I'm, I'm so honored. And honestly, it's very interesting for me to sit on the other side and hear how you are all perceiving my life because, you know, I, I was just actually talking to a friend of my mom's who was telling me that she feels like watching my motherhood journey unfold feels effortless from her point of view. Mm-hmm. And I would not say that's how it feels <laughs> from my standpoint. I definitely, I don't know. I feel as if, yes, I, I can say with conviction, I've been able to keep up my work and my business and actually like the creative spark of producing content and creating things and making videos is 
has stayed around ever since having a baby. In fact, mm -hmm. I actually think it has grown and it's become a part of my personality that I've just felt like I need to do because it feels so pressing to get that time to let my brain work in that other way. But my foray into motherhood, which we can get into, was actually a lot more challenging than I thought it was going to be. And my experience of being a mom, even to this day, I feel maybe not comparatively on social media, but I feel very much like my experience of motherhood seems a lot harder to me than the way I'm perceiving some of my friends or some other people in my sphere. I feel like that's with everybody though, right? Don't you always feel like I like as, because we only really know our own journey. Like I remember yes. looking at, you know, I, you know what I mean? I feel like I remember looking around to my friends and be like, God, they just nailed this, you know, and, and mm -hmm. they've got it together, but it's also because we're not seeing their day to day. Right. We're not seeing all the shit that goes on. It's like, we're seeing the highlight reel or, you know, we're not talking about it when we're together. Like the way that I feel like even more now people are talking about it, like really getting into the nitty gritty and like the ugly bits, you know, the ugly parts. Yeah. Right. I think it makes think a I, difference. Yeah. I think I actually, my brand grew because I was on Pretty Little Liars. Um, and, you know, I, I had all these followers <clears throat> based on Pretty Little Liars and a show I was on called, uh, you know, Home and Away over here and, and yeah, Hannah Montana and all that. And so my followers were following me for acting. And then I was like, well, how can I be of value? Right. So because at some point you have all these followers, but like, what do you do? I, I, I see some of my the people that used to work on my show and it's no disregard to what they're doing, but it's like pictures of them in selfies and that's great and but for me I was like how how can I use this platform of like I already had a million followers after that show and some of the other people that I was on the show with have like 10 million but how can I do this to yes of course uh you know the causes talk about things that can you know help people who are marginalized or hurt absolutely but also in my small little world how can I talk about the things that I struggle with, which is mental health, I always have, um, with motherhood, um, being anorexic and bulimic as a child, um, you know, being bullied, the sense of self-worth, like how can I use this platform to actually like help someone? And I think even though you might perceive other people perceive you to be like this perfect put together mom, like I think you're very honest in in your journey, you know, and I think that anyone who judges you and how you put out your journey is because they're judging themselves, right? They just, they don't absolutely like something that they do, but also there could be a part, and this is a question to you, that you don't want to show everything because it's kind of scary to like my, the messy parts for me are really hard for me to press post because I want to be perfect. Not that I think that anyone thinks I am, but I want to look like I'm the best at it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I think for me, the hard part about sharing everything comes from my the fact that a decent amount of what I would call my stress or my struggles in my day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. revolve just around my family and the people that I'm closest with and my interpersonal relationships with people. And that's what I have a hard time putting on full blast. And that's the type, those are the type of things that, you know, if I'm going through a particularly stressful time with my husband as we're like co-parenting and trying to figure out 
how to find time for ourselves as a couple while also being attentive to our baby. Or in this case, you know, this week in particular, kind of the biggest thing happening with me is that I'm living at my parents' house as our house is finishing renovations and I'm finding it very difficult to live with my parents, with my baby. Yes. I'm, I'm just oh my finding it. I mean, there's glowing, amazing times and they're being incredibly helpful with our house, but I'm reverting into my childhood self under their roof. This is my childhood house. I've only ever lived in one house with them and they're still in it. And so mm. coming back here with my baby, there's all these triggers left and right. And I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I'm sharing it here on this podcast. I guess I assume that my parents aren't going to listen to this podcast, but if well. I were to put it, you never know. Uh, I guess when I'm currently in my dad's radio studio here, so he might, he might want to see how I did in his studio and give it a listen. Hey mom, hey dad, you're doing great. Um, but you I love know, you. It's fair. Yeah. And, and I, and I obviously do, but that, you know, they know I've actually made it clear to them that it's hard for me to parent with my parents. And I oh, think yeah. that's just something I have, if I were really going to open up about everything and share every dirty detail with everyone, I would be kind of giving personal details about other people in my life a little bit more than I think they'd be comfortable with. Mm. You know, and I think too, it's not necessarily just with our jobs, you know, cause I know a lot of the, not a lot, but some of the audience expects us to share everything, right? It's like, well, you're putting yourself out there. So it's gotta be, you know, you can't hold anything close to the heart. And I actually disagree with that. I think you can pick what, I mean, overarching, sure. We do share a lot of our lives, but if there are things that you don't feel comfortable with sharing, I don't think mm. there's anything wrong with not sharing them because it's also your journey. It's not, you know, everybody else's, it's also your journey. And I know <clears throat> for me, there are some things that, uh, you know, occurrences in my life and things like that, that I've never shared on social mm. media. I mean, some, you know, very few people know about some certain things, you know, and it's, it's because I've chosen that, you know, and I do think it's yeah. my right to be able to keep things close to the chest, even though we're in this public arena and we are public people. And, you know, there is a lot that people know about us. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's fair to be able to hold things close too? I Absolutely. do, but I, I, I yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to, I think it's self-preservation. Um, mm -hmm. I think where it gets messy mm -hmm. is when you're living, I'm just saying this example because you mm -hmm. brought it up because I, I too have decided that I will never say, I stayed with my parents in Sydney, hi mom and dad, um, this last time and it almost ruined our relationship. It was so hard because mm -hmm. they're trying to sell the house. We have two kids. My kids are messy. They're trying to get their floorboards done. It was a disaster to the point where mm -hmm. like we just hid in one room and just didn't come out. <laughs> um, and it was and it was understandable. Like they were stressed. We were stressed. It's just you should never should never hang out. I'd, you should hang out with your parents, of course, but do what we're doing now, which is like we're in a villa. They've got their own room. We've got our own room. It's really great to bond. But you're not in someone else's space because my husband always says after a few days, like fish starts to smell, right? Like mm -hmm. at some point <laughs> it's great for a couple of days and then it just isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think, yes, I think back to your what you're going through. I think what it gets messy is when you're in this space right now, which is difficult and you don't have to talk about anyone else because that's not fair. But maybe show the part of you that is you ask your family, just be like, you know, maybe I could do a content post about like 
do you have you guys stayed with your parents? What do you guys think? Is it, you know, maybe because there's so many people who struggle with that and probably mm-hmm. would look at that and go, oh my goodness, I so relate to the how hard it is to, to be with your parents or going, yeah. you know, maybe would it even be something about going back to your childhood home? What mm-hmm. does that feel like? The trauma, the tra- I'm part of your content team now. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> but, <laughs> things, but like maybe it gets messy when it's like everyone just thinks it's all perfect when it, when it isn't, because I think that's where the connection of wh- why people follow us is like they want to feel like they they get it, too, and they're along for that journey. I think mm-hmm. one of the hard parts for me as a creator is also when I'm in it, when I'm in the thick of the stress and the struggle. And, you know, I, I every Monday night. So just earlier tonight, I have a call with my therapist once a week. And I also have a handful of really close friends that I'll just catch up with and kind of dump everything that I'm thinking on them. So any of the stress and struggle that I've been going through, I've actually been talking about it a lot over the past few days. And Mm. I think one of the hard parts for me is when I'm living in it and I'm still processing Mm. it, it's hard for me to turn it into content. It's hard for me to just post about it when I don't have a solution or a, a, not that I need a solution, but when Mm -hmm. I, when I haven't even figured out how I'm dealing with it, Mm. it's hard to just create a post that potentially could incriminate others without right putting some sort of a button on it. And I guess you're right. Like that is, it's unfortunate. That's the kind of stuff that other people need to hear and helps mm-hmm. them. And I, as much as I want to help other people, I actually found myself the other day, I was making a YouTube vlog and I recorded a clip. I was just in such a big fight with someone in my family, like in a, a, I actually don't even think this family member knew we were in a fight. I was just really mad. And I was making this video where I was like complaining. And I and then I actually had to say in the video, I know all my family and all my friends watch this vlog. So if you're watching this vlog and we were, you think I was mad at you last week, I probably was. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like to the point where it's almost like, a, you know, I'm not the Kardashians, but sometimes I'm like, am I a Kardashian? Like I'm I have to post right. what's happening in real time and everyone in my life is watching it and there's no private moment of right. personal angst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've actually put the kibosh on my parents for listening to, to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm like, there's so much to share there. Yes. I feel like I've shared so much more than they know. And like, yeah, that they would be comfortable with, honestly, like, especially as it relates to like sex and things like that, you know? So I kind of put the kibosh on them now, whether they've not, you know, done it or not, I guess I'll never know, but um, I did kind of at the beginning be like, okay, you definitely cannot listen to this unless it's an episode that I send you where I'm like, you've got to listen to this, you know, right. things like that. But also to your other point about not knowing the solution when you post something, I find, and this has happened to me a few times where I will post something that I don't know the answer to. And then the, our audiences are so smart. They kind You're of, right. they help, give they me help. the solution. They help so much, you know, and I yes. so appreciate that from them because if I'm struggling with something or like in a conundrum and I just don't have direction or like a solution, I will put it out there. And they are so brilliant. I, I mean, the audience, you guys are amazing <laughs> because you really help work through a lot of things. I mean, right. you also find community. Yeah. even yeah. if they don't have yeah. the solution or good ideas, I think even just hearing someone say, or, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of people say, mm-hmm. 
I have the same problem. This happens to me too. You know, mm -hmm. we understand that is actually a little bit healing and cathartic. Mm -hmm. It's clarity. Hear. They give you clarity, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Do you ever yep. get over, as I get older and I'm older than you, obviously, like a bit older. Um, How old do you, do you mind if I time? ask? How old do I look, Lucy? <laughs> 24. <laughs> Well, yes, that's it. Absolutely um, believe um, beneath 25. <laughs> okay, amazing. I've not had Botox yet, but there's <sighs> um do you ever get over it? Like, and I know I when I say over it, I know we have periods of time where I'm just like, oh, I'm frustrated, I'm on my period. I'm just over like, you know, it's not performing well. But this constant for me, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. For me, it feels like this obsession with numbers and if something's doing well and am I you know, is it worth the time that I'm putting in? And, you know, I don't know how you feel about this year, but last year was amazing for brand deals. I worked with a lot of brands and things have slowed down immensely this year. I don't know if they have for you, but a lot of my content creative friends have said that too. So when you're not really making the money for the work and the time, well, even you are, but you're not making what you're kind of used to in the previous years, you're like, it's exact. I'm in, I'm in Bali and everything I'm doing is thinking about what content because why be in Bali if you're not creating content? Because this is the place to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and then even Christmas and New Year, it's not like you can take that off because you have to post on Christmas because you got to, you know, and you have to be thankful on, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, to make a post about that. <laughs> so it's kind of this never ending stress about, for me, about achieving and getting to the right people. And I don't know how you feel. Like, do you even care, like, what your numbers do? Do you even care? what does well or doesn't or do you just have people who kind of do that for you so you're not so on the button of it and thinking mm. about it all the time I guess to immediately make you feel better I would like to tell you that you've kind of taken the words right out of my mouth from a call that I had earlier today with a really close friend of mine who's a content creator as well mm. and almost all the same stuff you just said about mm -hmm. Uh, it, it being a slower year than last year. I, I was actually saying that to her in a positive way because of the fact that right now we're moving houses and I have so much house content that I want to slash need to create for some brands that I've worked with in the gifting sense of furniture. And so I have mm. all this content to create for gifted brands and thankfully don't have a lot of paid partnerships going on on the side with other brands so I'm not mm. swamped and I actually have the time to produce that. Um, so that was a little bit of a positive, but the overarching sentiment was that it was a slower year and that the income at this point in the year is lower than where it was last year at this point. And mm. so I just want to initially like match your tone on that in that I mm. definitely do think about these things. And to answer your question about do I ever get that feeling of, you know, what am I doing? Do I want to do this? It's such a hike. It's just such a constant struggle. I would hey, I've got a question for you. Do you want to learn a new language? I know I do. I'm planning on going and visiting my sister in Spain this summer. So I am all about learning Spanish. So I'm going to turn to Rosetta Stone. They're a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. And Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. There's also built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's almost like having a personal trainer for your accent. 
It's so convenient and such a great value. And we have such a great deal for you guys. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Women on Top listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's say I feel that way cyclically once a month. <laughs> and it's not, it's for me, it's not like when I'm on my period, that's when I feel it. It's actually, I can't really identify the exact phase of my cycle that it happens in, but there is a point every month that I feel incredibly high from a work standpoint where I just feel regardless of the numbers and the stats, I just feel good about what I'm doing. Mm. And then there's always a point in every month where I think, should I just become like an astronaut or I don't know, should I just like start a farm or do something completely different? An astronaut was what you thought. It was like, I'll just be an astronaut. Not like, should I write a book? Well, I'm obsessed with space. I really love space and I've always thought that'd be really cool. But I think I've kind of missed the astronaut boat. But I do think frequently, like, was there another job that I would enjoy? I, I think mm-hmm. one thing I love about this job in general is that whatever I decide I want to do, if, for example, I decided I wanted to go to space or if I decided I wanted to become a farmer, I feel like I have the platform now that I could just document my journey of getting mm-hmm. to whatever I want to do. And as long as mm-hmm. I am documenting it, I still have an income source while I Go shoot for the moon. No pun intended. Wow, Do it for the gram, it. baby, and TikTok. <laughs> Do it for the gram. But I don't know. Like I, that's one thing I like is that I, if I decide I want to do something else, as long as I'm sharing my journey to getting there, that's work. Um, mm. and it's not like I have to not chase my dream because I'm in an office doing a nine to five. And so that's right. that's something that I love. But I, a hundred percent, I feel all the time especially in the moments when my content seems at least from my eyes to be not performing as well as I'm used to it performing, Mm. or especially when I get a negative comment or someone sends me something mean privately. Those are the moments when I just am very highly questioning what is this job? Mm. How am, why am I subjecting myself to this? You know, do people really want, do people hate influencers like am I just posting and posting and people are just hate watching what I'm doing like Mm. I definitely have thoughts like that Mm. and then on the flip side I get I feel extremely supported and I feel like wow Mm -hmm. there's just so many more people than I could ever fathom sitting there watching enjoying and writing nice things and like who are these Mm -hmm. nice people coming to my account so it's it's very Mm. hot and cold (laughs) yeah huh that's interesting it's kind of all over the place I think At the end of the day, it's probably more people who positively love you, you know, who want to support you 
I mean, the hate watchers don't necessarily hurt in terms of numbers, but it right. is a bummer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. if you want to contribute to the numbers, keep it going. But like when they actually take the time to reach out and just say something nasty, it's just it's on them. You know, it's on them. It's like, that's their problem. They're not happy with themselves. And, you know, it, but I, I do understand that there are days when it, there are definitely days when it gets to me more than in other days. So I bet it is like cyclical with our cycles. Don't you think, Tamman? Cause you know, well, there is, I know everything. You're like Miss Period. There's some truth to that about the whole, like, Feeling more creative at times and feeling right. Oh my god! Yeah. Of course, around seven. So me, I really struggle day seven to ten, which is just pre-ovulation, mm-hmm. um, because I'm estrogen dominant, and so the estrogen your estrogen levels actually raise between days seven and ten, and then your progesterone and your testosterone raises around ovulation. So around mm-hmm. ovulation, you're more more aggressive in general, but that can be really good for work and creativity. Like you, you want to go out, you want to see people, you want to. You want to have meetings. You want to have sex. Like there's something really um, magnetic about the ovulation phase. But the days before it for me is when like I just don't want to be around. Like it's horrible. Like I seven to ten. I just want to curl up in a hole. And it's interesting because I don't feel that way before my period. I feel sensitive and I'll feel like short tempered and I'll cry. But I don't feel like hopeless that I do around days seven to ten. Mm. Um, and normally people when they when they know their cycle they'll be like oh it's always that period if you're estrogen dominant maybe some people don't feel that way but that's normally mm-hmm. when i when i want to give up and i'm looking at your stuff going oh she's got it all together you know you Sad. know here's <laughs> it's funny to me i mean here's here's my final takeaway on that because as you guys mentioned i've been in the content creation space for a long time and when i first started making videos you know my first First time I was doing this was in college. I went to Johns Hopkins University and I was making Mm. videos for the admissions office (laughs) as my campus job. Mm. And then when I graduated a a couple of years later, I got my job at Refinery29 and I started working on as their YouTube host and producer. And when I went into that job, I had such a pre-knowledge because I had been on YouTube Mm. in college and I Mm -hmm. had been on the Today Show in college and I had already been like privy to the type of comments that were coming my way if I were to do this job. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. questioning, do I want to go down this route? Is this a good idea? And I had this reckoning moment with myself where I said, I could opt out of this job right now because that would be a lot more comfortable for my life in a lot of ways and it'd be safer and I wouldn't have to deal with this and the negative comments. But I decided that it was actually going to make me happier to live a life where I got to do the thing I liked doing, mm. even if it meant having the negative side that came with it. And I, I decided I would be more upset if I didn't get negative comments, but also didn't get to do the job that I wanted to do. So that's sort of what I agreed upon with myself going into this. The next thing on this note is I do have to say having a very stable and solid marriage and family life and at-home life makes whatever's mm. happening on the internet just 10,000 times less important to me because mm-hmm. you know I know who I have a very rock solid relationship and no matter what is happening like that is the most important thing in my life and I can imagine that some people that just don't have that type of internal or mm. you know localized 
feeling of security, the stuff going on and the chatter in the internet world can be a lot louder and more detrimental. Um, so I think those two, those two thoughts keep coming to my mind. And I think the one thing I always remind myself of in this space is as you guys are saying about me and as I feel about you, everyone just thinks that everyone else is immune to this way that we're feeling. And the truth is no mm. one is immune. So I think the moment you can really zoom out from yourself and realize that we're all just going through this experience together and everyone's having the same experience, like you're not unique, you're not the only one that feels down or bad. Mm. It's Those are the moments when you can say, all right, we're all feeling this way. So right. now what? Do we just sit here and keep feel, keep pretending we're the only ones or do we just you know keep creating keep just, keep yeah. moving keep going and just just keep showing up because there if if as long as you're still enjoying it you know mm -hmm. if, if it's if it's not hurting if it's not helping your mental health i wouldn't advise that but if it if it's still something you enjoy it's about really letting yourself focus on why you're doing it and enjoying what you're doing and just letting yourself do it and enjoy it and tune out the noise mm -hmm. because it's you got to remind yourself mm -hmm. the noise is just a part of the human experience <laughs> Right. Yeah. And you're inherently building a community at the same time. So it's people are going to gravitate to that because at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like our audiences just want to feel part of something, you know, and like that we care about Insane. them. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're seen and that we care about them and that, you know, we're doing this for them. You know, we're really building this community for them. And of course it helps us too, but you know, it's, it's, we enjoy this and I think they can feel that. Don't you think? Definitely. But, but, yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's when everything shifts. I think I think there was a time, and I want to be honest about it, that it was for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was totally for me. It was about, you know, let me share all the good things that are happening. Cause also you're young and it's mm -hmm. so cool to have, you know, I was really bullied as a kid. I I I didn't have the best sense of self-worth. And I'm with my therapist. I'm actively working on that. So like, yeah, it felt good. I was a child actor. Like my dopamine levels really raised when people were like, you're great, whatever. So mm -hmm. I, a lot of the content that I was creating a long time ago, 10 years ago was kind of like, well, you know, it was, it was more self-serving, not that I knew it at the time, but it wasn't really for the greater good until I really had, until I had a kid nine years ago. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so lost. I am so confused. I'm so scared. Mm -hmm. Is anyone else, can anyone else hear me? And can anyone else feel what I'm feeling? And that sort of opened up the whole world of content. I've never set out to be a content creator or an influencer. Not that I even know if I am, but I'm a, definitely a content creator. Um, but it just became, it sort of started from, like you said, like it just was started for me for the need to connect to other people. Mm. But, you know, having you on the podcast, like I I think a lot of people want to know because they they do, they like this world and they like, they, they a lot of them want to get into it. So you've built a brand from, yes, I think you said like you had a leg, you let a leg in because you already knew how to create videos. You had sort of, you, you already knew how to do content creation before you became your own content creator. But do you, and then you now sell sort of course, not sell, but you give information on courses mm -hmm. and how to build your own brand. So my question is like, how, how do you build, like, what are the key strategies that you feel um, that worked for you mm. to building the brand that you have now. And a big one for me is like, do you need a team to build the brand that you 
where you want to get in your life when it comes to like really exponentially like growing? Can can you do that by yourself or mm. do you need a team to do it? Okay, great questions. I think first and foremost with with my journey from, you know, the refinery 29 times to now, which kind of like you, I I mean, I wasn't an actress, but I definitely considered myself to be a host in mm-hmm. that I was not granted back then Instagram influencers weren't really a thing yet, but I I was not setting out to be a content creator on Instagram and to work with brands. I was setting out to create entertaining and educational videos that I was producing and hosting at Refinery29 as the lifestyle host. And that sort of opened the door to people being interested in me and my own life, which then led to me saying, okay, I guess the content that's performing best is the vlogs and the behind the scenes of what's, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm going, which was not how it started. It really definitely started in the educational route. And if anyone's interested, like those videos still live on Refinery29's YouTube channel. Mm. I hosted a handful of YouTube series for them. One was called Try Living with Lucy, where I tried five-day challenges. And one was called Lucy for Hire, where I tried different people's jobs and I still do a version of that on my own YouTube channel today. But those types of produced videos were always my bread and butter where I was the host and I was writing the scripts and the voiceovers. And when I entered into the content creation world where I was working with brands, that was just sort of the natural next progression because my audience was sort of like demanding more personal content out of me and they were showing more interest when I would show my twin sister or my boyfriend at the time. And that's how I kind of got into showing those things. Um, I will say that building your own brand on social media and then running your own social media accounts, especially in these days where there's like 10 platforms you need to create content on, mm-hmm. it is not a one person job. Like that, I do not know how I would be able to do the job I do if I was the only person working on my team. So at this point in time, I have a pretty big, team functioning around me and they're not all touching my editorial content that I'm creating on my Instagram or my TikTok. They're not creating those day-to-day pieces of content for me, but they are doing a lot of the other background stuff. So I'm signed with United Talent Agency in LA. And so I have a team at UTA that's responsible for all my brand partnerships. Mm -hmm. And that is the team that Basically, if you go to my Instagram and you press send email, it goes to them. I don't even get that email. Mm -hmm. So they manage that incoming inbox and they also are, I'm just on their roster of talent. So they're also always pitching me out to brand partnerships. And I do, that took such a big load off my plate when I signed with them because before that I was just pitching myself in the marketplace and negotiating on my own behalf via email with brands. And I find it's just, you can just get way higher brand rates when Mm -hmm. you have an agent or a manager negotiating for you. So Mm -hmm. that's something that they do. I also have a manager who's separate from that, who kind of is just a more of a point person for me one-on-one to make sure that the team at the talent agency is following through with all the things that I'm asking of them. She sort of jumps in and helps with brand deals. She's also like a full service agent to her other clients. So she also happens to bring in brand deals too. So I have these like two sources of brand deals flowing in through those two parties. Then aside from that, I have a virtual assistant who I've hired who basically 
helps with like a lot of the back end of content stuff. So if I made a YouTube video, all I'm doing is making and producing and getting the video together. Mm -hmm. And then she is writing the YouTube description box, helping me come up with the keywords, putting any tags, creating all the Instagram story shareable assets for me to promote the YouTube video, creating a cut down for me to put on TikTok or Instagram, basically taking one thing I'm creating and blowing it out. And then with all my other content, if I just on a whim make a TikTok or on a whim post an Instagram reel, she's sort of collecting all of that content and creating a hub spreadsheet of where it lives so that she can know where to repurpose it across all my platforms. So if I just one day randomly posted a TikTok, that will also get uploaded to YouTube Shorts and will be turned into a Pinterest shareable and will go onto my Facebook and basically just getting the most shelf life out of the stuff I'm doing, which would take so much time for me to create all those cut downs myself. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the day-to-day team of what, how I'm operating. So there's no one who's like sitting with you. Cause I know that this can sometimes, you know, we've been approached people are like, well, we can do, you know, you pay X amount of money. Cause I know that agents and mm-hmm. I have that too, agents and brand managers and Roxy does too. Mm-hmm. They yeah. take a percentage, right. For people yeah. listening, they take, 10 to 15 percent, whatever you, you make x let's just round it up ten thousand dollars whatever they take you know they take one thousand the other one takes one thousand or it could be more than that or fifteen hundred fifteen hundred like up to about thirty percent and then your virtual assistant you pay your you know you you, you do that separately mm-hmm. so you don't have a team where you know there are teams that are content creation teams that sit down mm-hmm. with you and you pay exorbitant amount like ten thousand dollars a month and they sit down with you and they tell you like who your brand is, what you need to create, um, uh, songs that are trending. So you don't, so that all just comes from you. That's not something that you outsource. Yeah. I, I mean, I have had my virtual assistant sometimes pull some of those trending sounds and give me ideas of content. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I've, I, at different times, I've had her pull that for me. And then in recent days, I've told her she could stop doing that because it wound up, it really ends up being a waste of her time because I don't end up creating the content that anyone tells me here's what to do I like almost mm-hmm. all of my best performing content is random on a whim a random idea that pops into my head mm-hmm. right before bed that I shot up to write down and you know it's it's really hard to I don't even work off of a content schedule anymore where I pre-schedule out what I want to produce or where even Mm. where I pre-schedule what I'm posting, because I used to do that with Instagram where I would try Mm. to like create a calendar for the month in advance of what was going up every day. And that was Mm. kind of back in the time when I posted every single day and I felt like that was important. And now you'll Mm. see on my account, I'm posting maybe anywhere from two to five times in a week, kind of depending on what phase of my cycle I'm in, how inspired I'm feeling, (laughs) what ideas are floating through my brain in that moment. And it really is more of the moment. And I don't, I've, I've, I've thought about having what I've thought about having is it's a little less of what you described, but I've thought about maybe hiring a specifically for my YouTube, a producer whose job it is to basically Mm. produce all the stuff, basically the way I did at refinery 29, but like have them make me the talent and the host in it, but just tell me what to do. And basically come up with the video ideas and tell me what to do. But it just mm. it just doesn't work because I need to right, hire myself work. to do that. And yeah. I, mm. I'm always looking for another version of myself to do these jobs, which is why I, that's like my skill is doing that. 
I hire an editor and then I edit it. Oh, yeah. Edit it. So <laughs> yeah, it's just totally. like I would love to hire an editor. I'm like, my life would be so much easier. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, I hate the way they edit it. Well, so that's one thing I, with, with video editing. Like that's been so hard for me to let go of because it takes up video editing, takes up my whole day. Mm-hmm. It gives me the biggest migraine. Mm-hmm. It just ruins it's everything tedious. about my, my eyes and my life. Yeah. But I love it so much. Mm. And when I shoot a video mm. that I'm really excited about, the way I will get sucked into editing is like, that is a flow state. That is what they mean. I love, they say, yes. Like, you're lost I love in editing. the flow. And so I mm. end up, I don't know, some videos I have an easier time. Mm-hmm. The videos that aren't so personal to me, for example, the videos where I go try someone's job for a day and I'm doing more of like a formatted show, I can mm. give that to an editor and give them notes, no problem. But if it's a mm. day in the life vlog, they will not understand my vision for how these pieces are coming together with all mm. the random shots I've shot. And I have mm. an idea for where <laughs> I want to make a montage and what type of music I want to use and which clips I want to use. And it's just, it's pointless to send it off. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the point about the schedules, like the Instagram schedules, because that was a thing for so long. It's like mm-hmm. you have to post every single day and like, at the same time every day or whatever time. And like it would, there was so much pressure and stress around it for me. And I think there really has been a trend of people posting just more when it feels right versus right. like on a set schedule, you know, and I do feel like I fall into that category now more too, where it's like, I kind of post like more when it feels right. Um, but it mm. is stressful to kind of figure that out and see, you know, uh, when you should or shouldn't be posting, but also too, with the trends, you know, like the trending songs and like, whatever the trends are, do you guys find yourselves following those? Because you know, perhaps like the numbers will be high or like, would you follow those trends to create content or are you more just like whatever feels authentic to you at the time? Or do you feel pressure? Sometimes to follow the trends, trends, sometimes the trends, especially on TikTok, they mm-hmm. sometimes don't do what you think they're going to do. When like, you know, everyone's posting uh, uh, surrounding like a song or a bit that everyone's mm-hmm. doing. Those actually are my least performing videos, even though it's mm. part of that trend. Hmm. Um, that's just what I feel. But I just I'm a different type of person. I think it's the problem is because I don't know if I'm a different type of person. You guys can say if you are, but like it really matters. Success is like one of the number I, I have to have <laughs> if I don't have and it's probably an ADHD thing. If I don't have that dopamine rush mm-hmm. from the viral video at least once a month then I don't feel well like I need. And that's why I don't know if this world is good for me because my videos can go to like, you know, what's happened to you, Lucy? Like they can go up to 25 million or they can go to like 70,000. And I know people listening go, you know, but but for our business, that's that's such a massive jump. And if you're and if you're producing videos that are always in the millions, you're getting paid more money because people know that your views are higher. Right. And you get to more people, you it's more conversion, which means when you're selling a product, people buy more. So those numbers really matter. And I I get so bogged down by the numbers that I think it stops the flow mm-hmm. and it stops me creating because I'm so worried about like, what if I had five videos that were all under 100,000 back to back? You know, I count them. This is how crazy I am. I'm like, OK, there was five. Then there was a million. Then there was six. Then there was a million. OK, so we're OK. And I, it's, it's, it's my own. It's my own way of feeling like I'm in control mm. when I'm on something that's uncontrollable. Yes. And it is, it is uncontrollable and it's, 
it's only something that other content creators really understand, especially, you know, when you throw out the numbers like that, it's people are probably like, oh, fuck my videos at one view. And so I, I hear everyone, but it really, I think when it's tied so closely to your identity and also your income, that's when you start to feel the pressure and stress around it. I think what I try to remind myself of is that just historically in the history of my self-doing this business, which has been my whole career, it always goes up and down. Pendulum it always down. comes back. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's not, I mean, yes, there's obviously going to be a time in my life when I hit a peak that's like, okay, I'm never going to get a video that reaches that amount again. But I just feel like I have to keep the lens on of I haven't gotten to that peak yet. Like no matter where I am, no matter mm -hmm. how high a video has mm -hmm. gone, I just... I know it's going to go way lower and there's going to be these major valleys. And then mm -hmm. I know there's going to be mm. high mountains coming. And as long as I, it sounds so cliche, but like, as long as I just really accept that I'm here for that ride and not mm -hmm. for the trip to the top of the mountain. Cause the truth is I don't really want to be at the top of the mountain. Like, I don't know about you. It's a, it's a weird dichotomy mm. of like, mm. you want to do so well, but like, I don't want to be, so in the public eye, I don't want, I don't need that many people to be mm -hmm. around. Sometimes when I post something that's going viral, like it honestly doesn't feel that great as it's going viral. Right. <laughs> because you're like, you'd think it would feel great, but you're like, wait, I don't need this. Like I'm, I'm very happy with mm. putting out my content and letting it quote middle of the road perform where it's just mm -hmm. the people that follow me that signed up to see it are seeing it and are enjoying it and looking at it and liking it and going on with their day. And mm. it's like, do I need or want to be, mm. I don't even want to be that big. Hmm. Mm. So with the fame portion of it, I mean, are you comfortable with getting more famous or, or more well-known, I should say, like, you know, on social media, like, because that is part of the job too, right? So it's like, the more you're out there, the more people know who you are. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys feel about getting more famous? Roxy and I have no problem with this podcast getting very <laughs> famous. We love like, it. Like, if We're this like, goes viral, bring it on. We are okay. <laughs> Listen, I want it to, I, it's, it's like anything else. You want all the good parts of it. You don't want the bad parts of it. And at least, I mean, I'm sure you can understand as a parent, I fear, I mean, especially with my husband being just so the opposite of me from a public mm -hmm. standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think I could say with conviction that I don't, I don't ever want to get to a standpoint where like, he feels like there is a person taking pictures through our window. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do yeah. not want to be at that level. And yeah. even with a kid and more going to have more kids in the future, like, I don't want to feel like my safety and their safety is at risk throughout a day just because mm -hmm. I'm that mm -hmm. well known. Like, I kind of like just having the platform and having the people that came because they like what I'm making, but it's just not so, yeah. so, so global that it's mm -hmm. uncontrollable. And at some point, yeah. art, like, Stars reach a point where it's like you have mm -hmm. reached the point of no return and your life is actually way worse than my life right now because 
Yeah. You just cannot be, you cannot have a normal mm -hmm. life. And as much as I love getting stopped in the street and someone saying hi, and it, that feels really great. I also love just going out and yeah. being a normal person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then a side note, what do you shoot on? <laughs> do you shoot on your phone? I mostly or do you shoot, shoot on, on your, I just bought the J, the G7 because every influence told me to buy it. Yeah, I got influenced. Um, so the, the G7X yeah, G7 was X. like my first vlog Three. camera and it's very light. Is the it Canon crap? G7X? I'm like, I don't know. Is it, should I, should I get something else? Did I, did I make a bad purchase? No, it's not crap. It's, it's, it's a good starter video camera because it's a point and shoot camera where you don't have to snap off a lens, but it does have a really nice shallow depth of field so it gives you that nice like blur effect behind mm -hmm. you without you mm -hmm. needing to do anything fancy and it also has a really good auto adjust with lighting so you can like walk into a dark room and then a light room and it just fixes it for you mm -hmm. so it is a good camera my brain is like still thinks of it as my like first vlog camera and I don't think I've touched mine in years I basically shoot everything on my either my iPhone 14 Pro Max which I just feel like Mm -hmm. Especially with like really sunny light, I feel like that gets me the best, prettiest view. Or mm -hmm. I've, I also recently bought a Fujifilm X-T5 and mm -hmm. I put on a 30 something millimeter lens mm -hmm. and it's great. And it's like wide enough to hold and vlog, but also close mm -hmm. enough that I don't know it's not super wide that it's like a fisheye lens mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it it gives really good quality and it just has like a mounted microphone on top so I can like walk mm -hmm. around with it like a vlog camera or put it on a tripod mm -hmm. and it gets really beautiful people think it looks like cinema footage but it's mm -hmm. pr a pretty light camera mm -hmm. and then what do you edit in is it cap cut or do you do I'm still doing um in shot which no, I love I, I actually I just love where I because I came from the because I came from the world of like editing YouTube videos and like long form things, I've always edited on the computer. So I airdrop all my iPhone footage to my computer and then I open Adobe Premiere, mm. which is like mm. iMovie on steroids. It's like, it would look really complicated to someone just opening it for the first time, but I don't use all the features and functionalities. I mostly just use the timeline and I cut the footage around mm. and mm -hmm. I edit everything on there. And if I, even if I wanna do like a trending video, I will screen record the sound and then mm -hmm. shoot the video with my phone, not in TikTok, and then like send everything to my computer and edit it precisely to the sound. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The technicalities, yeah. there's there's a lot. There's a lot in this job. It's not, yeah. you don't just I mean, like... I find CapCuts, I, I mm. find that I, I'm like confused with how CapCut works. When, when everyone's using these templates, I open it mm -hmm. and I'm like, this isn't, how do I get the age filter in here? Like, I guess people are using another app to get certain things and then putting it in CapCut. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just use it. I've used InShot forever, like even for big brand deals, because mm -hmm. InShot, I don't know what if even anyone knows about that, but it just works for my brain. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very, you know, yeah, so, I think so most people just, I can also do it on my phone, mm -hmm. you know. It's a good, it's a but, good iPhone, or I guess you can use it on an Android, but it's a good editing tool. Mm hmm without using that computer. Do you see kids? This job is harder than it looks. Okay. I know. <laughs> you're a writer, you're an editor. Yes. 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 It can be very fashion fulfilling. Design. It can be very fulfilling, but there is like a hard, you know, it, it's a job. It's a job. It's a business. So yes, it's not for the faint of heart. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Lucy, we're so 
happy to have you. And yeah. next time we we're coming to New York, we're gonna um, look through your window and take pictures. <gasps> that's okay. Does that work for you? <laughs> we'll edit it. That sounds great. <laughs> Just we'll send edit it to my it. husband like for thing. approval. <laughs> and then you can send it to TMZ. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be on the T- TMZ tour bus route. There you go. Exactly. You <laughs> Thank yeah. you both keep so much. Creating. It was great. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I, I really want to make sure you guys keep in mind that I'm a human, you know, I'm I'm so honored that you, I mean, I guess it's a weird word. I, it's like, I'm. it makes me laugh that you guys view it that way but that is that's how i'm viewing you guys so it's like we all just have to keep remembering that everyone's viewing that that we've got our shit together no one's viewing (laughs) they listen to our podcast because they feel better about their lives (laughs) hey and that's how we serve them that's how we serve them feel good about yourself i know we serve them to be like come listen to the shit show here's our better here's our hairy salmon plate enjoy your life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're stranded on delta with a pack of peanuts and oh, uh tamman's uh dryer's been moved you don't know where it closes and uh yeah come on down <laughs> we can do this because that's roxy's from dallas my husband's from the area too so yes. we're allowed to do that i can i can so. do country all day long i'm from texas all day, all day. <laughs> well lucy where can people find you yes. if they're new to you and what you do on Instagram and TikTok, it's Lucy B. Fink, L-U-C-I-E-B-F-I-N-K. And then on YouTube, it's, you know, if you just type in my name, you'll probably find my YouTube channel there. And then my website, which is my favorite part of my platform, which like isn't where I post anything, but is just my <laughs> hub, is LucyFink.com. And I'm obsessed with the design and the branding on there. And that is where you can go if you want to figure out how you can work with me one-on-one because as you mentioned I offer courses there's master classes you can download that are like pre-recorded workshops for how to build your own brand and create content I do one-on-one coaching and consulting with people and I've also you can find like physical and digital offerings that I've posted there recently like a motherhood super guide that I put together and um, some sweatshirts that I'm selling and stuff like that. Mm. We are your next clients, right, Rox? Yes. We will be signing up for that. Sign us up. We'll be there. We'll see you there every Monday. I won't miss like, it. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> we love well, thank it. you guys so much for listening. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And Women on Top Official on TikTok. And that was my husband sneezing in the background. Hope you didn't hear it. <laughs> Thanks, David. Yeah. Well, at least it's not my kid farting. And I am Tamin Sursok. <laughs> and I am Roxy Manning. And we are. Now, all you have to do, Lucy, is say Women on Top. And it, we're going to blend it in. So it's going to sound amazing. Are yeah, so you ready? It. I'm on it. Can we harmonize? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Give me a bouncy seat. Women. Women. On. Ta-da!